Hi everyone, welcome back to the show. How's the open going for you so far? 22.2 is done, so I went over to C23 in Palma to speak to Anaïs Longhi about her career so far in CrossFit. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. So it's a wet, very wet Tuesday in Mallorca. I am in, I am on location in C23 and I am sitting next to the very sweet, very cool. I think you know her as Mei Lan on Instagram, but her real name is Anaïs Longhi. That did it. <laughs> Good. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Um, Anaïs, tell me firstly, where are you from? I'm from uh, France, the south of France, actually near to Spain. The name of the city is Po. 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 How do you spell that? P-A-U. Like pow. Exactly. Like, that's peace in Mallorquin. Yeah, but you say po. Po. Yeah. <laughs> um, and were you born and brought up there? Is that where you came from originally? No, I'm born in uh, Paris, actually. But then I've moved uh, in a lot of countries because my dad is uh, military. So I've been living in uh, Africa, in the Pacific Islands and everywhere in Norway also. So you've been a nomad all your life? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> a lot of military kids go to boarding school. Did you go to boarding school? Uh, boarding school? What's a boarding school? Like, so when you, when you live at school? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I was just uh, like normal school. Yeah. So I guess everywhere you were going, you were having to make friends really quickly. New schools, fitting in with groups becomes like a, I know a lot about military kids because I have a lot of military friends but um do you feel like that uh, that was a good childhood for you or do you think that it would have been easier to stay in one place that's a good question so actually I think it was really good and easy because I used to that uh so it's really easy to make friends especially when you are a daughter of military because uh we go in like kind of French school, so people are aware about that. So they're really open-minded and they really welcome you really like nicely. But then until my, I think 40 years old, I was, re- it was really easy for me to make friends and to leave again the country. But I will remember all my life. I think the last country I did when I was 14 to 16 years, 16 years old, uh, I was aware of what was happening. So I made like really, like how you say really good friends uh, and I was grow up so um, when I had to leave the country I was really was really really hard for me because I was uh, I, don't, I don't know how to say that but aware of my environment my friends and like you are grow up so it's not the same relationship you have anymore with your friend it's more like something more strong yeah. yeah. So you were when you were becoming a teenager, it was changing a lot for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At uh, 16 years old, it was really hard. So then I was back to France for uh, my studies, and uh, I decided because I had the choice to uh, go again in another country with my twin sister for my studies again. But then I said, no, I want to stay in France for two or three years at least to uh, see what's, what is life in France, actually, because I just, I've never been really living in France since uh, I was born. So, uh, but then I enjoy it. And after I think uh, five years, I start to feel uh, 
not uncomfortable, but miss uh, moving and uh, living in other countries on island, island, and that's probably why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a twin sister. Yeah, I have a twin sister, actually. So she was a bit different than me. Well, we are the same and we look like each other and we have been always living together. Even when we started our studies, we were living in the same apartment and stuff like this. But then she decided after two years in France to move again uh, to go to Vietnam. And uh, it's actually been eight years, I think, she's living in Vietnam. Wow. Uh, yeah, she could not live in France, she say. Yeah, she's not. It's not her place here, and uh, she wanted to to live somewhere else. But then I got the same feeling a few years after. <laughs> so when did you find CrossFit? Or where in your journey have you uh, finally first met it? Well, actually, I discovered CrossFit a long time ago when I was in Norway for my studies uh, with my twin sister. So I think it was maybe eight years ago, and or maybe ten, eight, I think. And uh, CrossFit didn't exist in France, so I tried two classes I think but then I had to leave uh, and uh, to go back to France uh, and in France where I was uh, living there was no CrossFit so I was just back to my uh, old sport was uh, track and field and uh, swimming but then after a few years I enjoyed my hip again uh, doing uh, track and field so I stopped track and field and my physio was doing uh, CrossFit told me hey you should do that and you should do that you should try and I was like really like oh, I don't like CrossFit I don't want to try what's <laughs> this stuff blah 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 uh, but then after a few months I, I tried and I never stopped I'm still uh, doing CrossFit maybe more than him <laughs> <laughs> so when did it become an option for you to become a professional athlete uh, not long time ago, actually. Uh, uh, so last year, I uh, start to come over to Mallorca uh, because I had my coach here, uh, Christopher Wart. He was my coach. So I came first time, I think, in January uh, to to train with uh, C23 and the people from the program. I came one week and then uh, I came again uh, the months after. And then I was like, wow, I really like the island. I really like everything. I met also, I met my boyfriend here. So um, I decided to stay and I took the risk, the risk to uh, quit everything in France. My job, uh, I had two jobs actually. I was a coach, a PT, but I was also working at Decathlon and training and stuff like this so it was like I was trying to train between my jobs it was really hard but uh, like you, you still can do it because I was doing it uh, and then when I moved here I qualified to semi-final and I had the opportunity to have uh, like more sponsor and to live from my sponsor so I'm really thankful for that and so oh yeah so I was like maybe two or three months without any sponsor and with like kind of no money but then when you qualify for such events like this I think uh, sponsor really attract yeah They're very interested in in um in you all of a sudden when you start to become a bit more prominent huh yeah, yeah. I mean that must have changed your life yeah, yeah, totally. It's like for me, it was a, like kind of a dream to uh, do CrossFit as a professional uh, athlete. I mean, to do only CrossFit. When you do only CrossFit, you're a professional athlete. If you can live from your sponsor, uh, like I'm not the best, but uh, I try to do my best. And uh, yeah, I'm living my dream because uh, my dream was to do uh, 100% uh, CrossFit. Uh, I don't know how long uh, it's going to last, but uh, I'm going to do my best. So. What have been the surprising things since becoming a professional athlete? What would you say uh, are the things that su surprised you or have um, been benefiting you? 
Well, uh, first of all, you can trade way more than uh, than you usually do when you are uh, working uh, beside your training. And also, you can recover uh, way better because I was taking my uh, recovery day of training on my day of work. So, like, I mean, uh, if on Wednesday I was not... Uh, I was taking a day off of training. It's because I was working all day. So I was not really a recovery, especially working at Decathlon because as I was a CrossFit athlete, it was like, they were like, oh, you are strong, so you can lift all the stuff and blah, blah, blah. So I was actually <laughs> even more fit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should have forklifts for that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I improve a lot. Uh, well, I start to improve a lot after coming uh, here to Mallorca and doing uh, 100% uh, this but yeah, yeah so what would you say are your strengths in crossfit what are you what do you think you're good at i'm good at air stuff like rowing and uh, bike and some uh, movements like i would say pistol i'm not bad at weightlifting well i was uh, actually really good uh, two years ago but then i had some uh uh, knee surgery. I had this knee surgery and some um, some problem with my hip, so I took a bit. Uh, so the, like the girl, they improved so much and so fast that uh, I've been beaten really fast. And now, like the the weight I lift is not like good anymore. It's okay. It's not good, but uh, I still can uh, lift uh, kind of even workout. So it's like I would say it's still a strength of mine. And because uh, you're little, I mean, you're not a very tall. Yeah, like on pictures and stuff like this, and um, I feel like people are like, "Oh, you like not big, but you look big," but stuff like this. But when I arrive at semi-final, actually, or big competition, international competition, I look like nothing. Like it's crazy. The girls know they are huge. They are huge. Like, yeah. like I'm one meter 66, I think 166. And my body weight is uh, between 66 and 68. And I mean, like, it's nothing. What's your max lift? Your max back squat, for example. Uh, my max back squat is 135 to 140. I don't know. I didn't kilos. back squat. Yeah, kilo. I didn't. Not pounds. Yeah, kilos. <laughs> like I did it long time ago. I didn't do it since a while. I didn't max out. But before my injuries, I had like uh, 108 kilo clean and jerk and uh, 87 kilos snatch, which was pretty good uh, at this moment because this was two years and a half ago, I think. Mm. But now you see, like, for example, Dubai, all the girls, like half of the field, they can clean 110. So now like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not good anymore. It's okay. No, yeah. Do you feel a lot of pressure to get back up there? Well, I was stressing out a lot when I injured myself to go back to my uh, weight. But then, uh, yeah, I saw the difference between... The, because the problem is, yes, you can do uh, heavy lift for run, run rep max. But what makes the difference in competition is usually you don't have just one rep max lift. You have mostly like to lift heavy during workouts or complex stuff like this. Mm. And you see a lot of girls who are good at one rep max, but they cannot do complex or they cannot lift TV during workouts. And that makes a difference if you can do these numbers or like 80% of these numbers during workouts. And I feel like I, I'm kind of okay at this. Tell me a bit about your friendship with um, with other CrossFit athletes. I know, particularly noticed that you're a bit of a friend of Celia. Gabiani, no? <laughs> you two make a lot of nice pictures together. Yeah. So she's a 
Yeah, she's a good friend of mine. Um, she uh, actually, so it's fun because uh, when I, uh, I was not doing CrossFit and uh, we have like my friend of mine is our best friend. And one day I remember, I think it was in 2015 or 2014, I was not even doing CrossFit. I didn't really know what was it. And he sent me a page of this girl and he was like, please, can you support this girl? She's new in CrossFit and she's going to be one of the best and blah, blah, blah. And actually at this uh, moment of, the, like in 2015 she was one of the best athletes, probably the best athlete in France and I was like okay I, I'm just I'm gonna follow her and share her profile and stuff like this and then like uh, I was into after a few years maybe 2017 I start CrossFit and then I saw this girl and I was like oh I remember her and blah 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 a friend of mine we have a friend in common he sent me this, this uh, page of this girl and I was a fan of her but I'm really shy like I'm a really shy girl, so I didn't meet a lot of uh, CrossFit athlete girls and I didn't really know them. So I was just in my uh, in my world and doing my stuff and stuff like this. But then when I start to do uh, like biggest competition, I start to meet some uh, athletes and I am I uh, met uh, Celia and she's a really really nice girl. So we start to um, to know each other. I know she's a, a friend of mine. She's coming over sometimes and coming to. Oh uh, yeah, she's really nice. You guys look like you have fun when you hang out. I mean, when you when you're at competitions, like for example, at semifinals last year, to be at that level of competition, it's it's hard to look around and see friendly faces. I imagine everyone is there to win, aren't they? But there must be an element of community, even at that level. I hope and maybe somebody's being kind to you in the in the warm up area. Or how do you feel about um, that level of competition? How do you approach it? Well, uh, it's a good question, actually. Uh, so last year, uh, I was, uh, it's a bit strange because I was really not uh, prepared to, uh, well, I mean, I didn't know I could qualify to semi-final. So when I arrived to semi-final, I was really, really, really stressed. I'm a person who is really stressed during competition. Uh, and I really have big trouble to uh, deal with this. Mm. So it's still something I have to work on. So when I arrived to semi-final, I was really like like a kid in the same time, uh, going to, I don't know, like... Uh, uh, Being excited. Yeah, I was really excited. But but then I was like, yeah, but you are here in this place because like you deserve it and uh, you are an athlete and you're going to compete. So it's not like just to watch people. You are here to compete, actually. Yeah. And I think um, it was really hard for me to uh, realize that. Uh, and then the, the stress uh, started to come. And uh, I'm like, because it was my first semi-final, I was really, really alone in the warm-up area. And I think I needed it because, uh, yeah, I was so stressed. I could not speak to anyone, only my boyfriend and maybe my physio, but that's all. Like, I didn't uh, I didn't speak to anyone, actually. Maybe uh, after, I don't, I'm not even sure. Yeah, so it was not like, yeah, people are... Probably friendly, but uh, I was just in my own world. <laughs> yeah, so I cannot say. Do you think this year will be different? I mean, your, your goal, I am assuming, is to get back to semis and maybe even move on to the games. But have you, in that year, have you matured? Have you improved? What's changed from Anais this time last year to this year? Uh, well, a lot, a uh, lot change. Uh, I have been working really, really hard on my weaknesses because I would say I'm not a great athlete. I'm not a good athlete, but I have some strengths. And also the problem is I have big, big weakness in, uh, I would say basic movements. 
So that's what, like double unders, burpees, stuff like this, really easy stuff. I'm like really bad at the open, for example, at the phase of the open, I'm really bad, but then I start to be better at quarter final. Yeah, so I'm looking at you like what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> like yeah, yeah. I, like this is uh, each year the same. So I've been working a lot on my uh, big weakness uh, with my boyfriend because now he's doing my uh, programming and coaching me, and he has like a good eye on what I can uh, improve. Mm. Uh, so we have been working a lot, let learn this. So I hope uh, it's gonna it's gonna work. So my goal this year is really to qualify again to semi final, but uh, it's not easy. Like uh, everywhere there is a new athlete coming mm. and a new generation, and they are really really fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> and I see it's like because I've been doing some competition, few competitions in semi final, and the level is amazing. And they are like you you cannot say yeah I qualified last year, so I'm gonna qualify this year because that's not true, and it's even worse because now I know that I could qualify this year because I qualified last year so I'm like I'm even more stressed because I have the pressure on me to qualify again and I know I'm able to do it so if I don't qualify I'm gonna be really sad yeah baby <laughs> of course I mean that but that that pressure that you're putting upon yourself I hope is um mostly positive yeah I, it, it mean like you have to I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you have to believe in yourself, Annie. Yeah, yeah, I think that's something I really have to work on. Uh, I mean, believe in yourself, yeah. In myself, I mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, thank you for chatting with us. And good luck in the rest of the Open. No more burpees. Yeah. The burpees are done now, huh? Yeah. yeah. The burpees is done. Uh, Here yeah. comes the double-unders, though, surely. Yeah, it's like a weakness of mine too. So I hope it's gonna come during the open. So then, then it's done. I'm uh, and for quarter final. We don't see it again. I hope so, <laughs> because the important is quarter final. It's not the open. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. where you guys start, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now we are still working with my boyfriend and uh, on my weaknesses to uh, avoid them for quarter final or semi final. But uh, focus is really not the open. No. I mean, I, I find it amazing when I talk to people. It's like the, uh, the focus is not the uh, it's not the open for some people. It's not even the quarterfinals, yeah. and you guys are just like super, super strong, super amazing, and you're underestimating yourself. So, give me a fist bump, <laughs> boom, and thank you very much for talking to me in this noisy cupboard. Thank you so much for uh, <laughs> listening to me, and sorry for my English. Oh no, perfect. Oh, I should ask you one more question: How many languages can you speak? Uh, not that much actually. I speak French. I try to speak uh, English, kind of fluent. I was speaking Spanish before when I was younger because I had uh, Spanish at school. But then I stopped, and now I'm back in Mallorca. The only problem is everybody is talking English, <laughs> so I try to listen to people and understand what they say. But uh, yeah, so I, I speak a bit Spanish, and my boyfriend is starting to uh, learn me. Uh, German, but he kind of learned, teach me dirty stuff <laughs> that I would not say here. <laughs> the X-rated version yeah. coming up. <laughs> Thanks, Anais. Good luck with the naughty German words. Hopefully you'll need them for Berlin. <laughs> this show is presented by me, Vicky McLeod, and edited by Marta Vidal-Candel. Until next time, thanks for listening, and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.